Hi guys, happy Tuesday. For those of you who look at my social media, you know that today we're go we are going to try to talk about something very, very important, which is the art of communication, which I think most of us agree can make or break a relationship. So let me introduce my guest. I am so excited to talk to you today. Joe Pardavila. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. Usually I'm on the other side <laughs> asking the people to be on my podcast. Oh, yeah? so whenever I'm a guest, I always feel honored because I know what it, what, what it all goes through to get, be on that side of it. So I just appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, awesome. I am very honored. So let me uh, tell my audience about your work. First of all, you are a podcaster yourself, uh, yeah. probably with a lot more hours of podcast than me you've you've done over 10,000 correct 10,000 hours of well, podcast I've, I've done 10,000 hours in terrestrial and podcasting so the first wow. like 20 years of my career terrestrial radio in New York City doing morning drive and then over the last I'd say probably five to six years I've done a regular podcast first I started with the science of sex mm -hmm. and then now I'm doing a business podcast science of sex I like that we have to talk yeah. about that one but that's a whole sure. other episode and you wrote a book which I was reading last night I like read it quick crazy fast because I love books that are short and flow you're just like my style and I loved it it's called the good listen correct yeah, good listen, and yes, it, it, you, you captured exactly the spirit. It's a fast, breezy read. I tell people that they could probably finish it sitting on the toilet. It's under 200 pages, and it's basically a lot of the stories of my career that sort of made me who I am, and, and I didn't want to do a book just to name drop celebrity run-ins. It was really more about... Yeah. Here's the things I learned from these celebrity run-ins I had. Yeah, no, and I love it. I think nowadays, most of us, we don't have a lot of time. I love reading, but we don't have a lot of time. So it just, I just like the way, it, it, yeah, it, it flows a lot, really fast. It's easy to read and it's packed with information. So I highly recommend you guys read it. We're going to talk about it. I have like a million questions. We only have an hour. And because this podcast is about sex, dating, and relationships, I want you to maybe help us and dive into that. But let's start from the beginning. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Like in the beginning of your book, you talk about how cell phones and internet and all this modern technology totally changed the way we communicate for sure. I think we all of us joke like that we do everything with our cell phones except talk on, on the cell phones, right? Right, absolutely. And in, in, in my opinion, and I want to know yours, I think he made, as crazy as it is, we have more forms to communicate with each other, but I think he made communication so much harder. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't want to come at this cat from like the old man screaming at the clouds. Like <laughs> I love technology as much as anyone. I love a good text. I love social media. I I'm all about that. So I'm not anti-technology, but what happens is that we get so enamored with it and the ease of it that we sort of lose a lot of the skills that we really need to have to become better human beings. So technology makes life easy. Yep. It just doesn't make us better people, uh, especially yeah. when it comes to communicating with other people. So that was a, a big focus of the book. My, it's really, you know, some people say, oh, is this a book about podcasting? I'm like, not really. It's really more about like communicating. Yep. And sure, yeah. to be a good podcaster, you've got to be a good conversationalist, which is good for yep. real life. For IRL, it's good. So all those skills can work in a podcast or whether it's in business or in your yeah. life. No, I agree. It's not a book about podcasting. You just give a little great ideas of how to communicate better. Now, I have a degree in communications, believe it or not. I always loved, I've, my entire life, I work in some capacity in the media. I was a TV baby. I've done modeling. I've, I've done TV. I had a radio show as well before the podcast. I love communicating. I love talking to people. So I always thought of myself as a good communicator. But now with the, the world of dating and relationships turned out, I'm like, maybe I'm not that great of a communicator. But before we get into that, yes, we have the cell phone. We have WhatsApp. We have text. We have email. We have everything at our disposal. I agree with you. I'm not against technology as much as I love old fashioned letters and, and you know, uh, handwritten notes that nobody does anymore. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm an old soul. But yes, it makes our lives easier. But a lot gets lost 
in the mix, right? So many times you're, do you feel that? Like sometimes I feel like I'm texting someone and I'm saying A and they're understanding Z. And sometimes you read a phrase and sometimes you don't read another phrase. So it's like bits and pieces. And I think at the end of the day, uh, the connection gets lost. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that tech does not do well is nuance. And life is full of nuance and (laughs) you know, tech may eventually get there, maybe in the next 20, 30 years, but right now you just can't do nuance. So that text you were talking about, Kat, you're probably (laughs) talking about maybe like sarcastic humor or maybe a joke or a wink and a nod. As much as emojis help with that, it's so (laughs) hard to get that across, especially like body language, facial expressions. You can't do that in text. So things that you may say that are so innocuous and nothing in real life to a person what you're staying next to, you put in a text form, it could be World War Three. Like, I know. What do they mean by that? And to me, yeah, like you were saying once and, and you just said it, uh, emojis. Maybe that's the closest thing in terms of texting that expresses our emotions. But it's like, you know, it's, it's a complicated territory because now I hear a lot of people, what did he mean by that? Is he mad? Yeah. Is he angry? D- does that mean okay? Does that mean like good deal? Did I do too much? Did, and I'm, and people are literally uh, substituting words for emojis. Yeah. I do it too. But I honestly think it's a really bad idea. Yeah. No, I mean, I will say the one thing about emojis is it can also backfire too. Yes. Because you can use an emoji like an eye wink and people be like, Oh, oh, she's flirting with me. What do you mean by yeah. that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> exactly. Because then you get a random emoji. You're like, so what does that mean? So yes, uh, but I agree though. In, in short, you know, form messaging like, hey, do you want to meet tonight at seven? Yeah. Text is amazing for that. There's no nuance needed for that. It's like date time. Yeah, we can, we're good. But when we're talking about real conversations about speaking to someone and really connecting. You're not going to be able to do that with technology. Even like a FaceTime call or, uh, you know, Zoom calls. It's not the same. I know. Now, but do you have this experience? I feel most people don't even want to answer the phone. Yeah. Like you call them, they get annoyed. Like, why'd you call me? Even me, I confess. And a lot of people laugh about it because I have two phones because of my business. So yeah. I don't have time to listen to voicemails. So like when somebody calls me, I'm like, hi, this is Kat. Please don't leave a message. Don't leave me a message. Text me or email because then I see what it is all about. And then I decide if I have time to call the person. But just being honest, I don't have time. But it, it's frustrating because most people don't even want to talk on the phone. Well, I think the deal with that, Kat, is our on-demand culture that we live in. So we want everything on-demand. We watch yep. TV, we consume music on demand. So in a way, our communication barriers are now on demand. So for example, <laughs> a phone call. That phone call comes to you at two o'clock in the afternoon and, and you're like, I don't wanna speak to the person at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna let it go to voicemail. <laughs> now, if you decide to then communicate with that person via a telephone call at your discretion, that's cool. But if you're answering back a, a, you know, some sort of voicemail with yeah. a text, Unless there's no context needed, go for it. But I think that's super important, Kat. So it's fine that you don't love getting a phone call. I'm the same way, especially like during the day. I'm like, why is this person calling me? And a lot of the times it can be just an easy text question. But then people will will prefer to use voicemail, which is fine. But again, it's this on-demand culture we live in. So you may not want it at that moment, but you you can definitely do that later on in the day. Yeah, I well... I actually do like getting phone calls, but I feel like we live in such a busy, busy times right now that with like I, with all this technology, we end up saying, yeah. let's just communicate quicker. But let's translate the communications into in-person communication, because yes. I think we all agree or almost all of us agree that, yes, technology makes it complicated. A lot of it gets lost in the cracks. But now when you are communicating face to face. Uh, still, a lot of people have a hard time saying what they want to say, especially like when they're looking in your face, you know, like, and that's why nowadays people break up over the phone. Like they text them, sorry, honey, yeah. this is not because they don't have the balls to look you in the eyes or like if something is bothering you or if your client did something bad to you, whatever. People are afraid of speaking their mind. Do you agree? 
They are, but I think a bigger problem, Kat, is the fact that we just don't listen to each other. Uh, if we listen to each other better, and the reason I call the book Good Listen for many reasons is the fact that you need to become a better listener when it comes to talking to other people. Yeah. Because the technology, what it's done is it's really made us bad at listening because we never have to listen to any of these messages. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's the message in a text, a DM, whatever. Cool. But it, what it does is it erodes our listening capabilities. So we're just not – so all we want to do is – and this is this is people are we're all guilty of this, but we're all we're, all we're doing is waiting for the other person to stop talking, right? We're not <laughs> listening to the other person. We're waiting till that person stops talking, then I talk. You don't. You're not even. You're you you may you may be hearing it, but you're not listening. You're not listening. So yeah. I think that's yes. the biggest problem that people yes. are not even like because the whole part about fear of of communicating with people, I, I think that's more of a psychological thing, Catherine. I think. People have to work that on that themselves. But when it comes to having conversations, people deep, meaningful conversations, it's really about uh, the listening piece. That's what it's all about. And we just we're all terrible at it. And one of the things I, I did with the book was like try to help people with that, whether it's because the thing is, if you talk to anyone who's you know in the, in the entertainment business, they'll say the best interviewers are the best listeners. They're not there to get the attention. They're not there to to highlight their own jokes or, or their life. Mm-hmm. They're the best at listening to that person, what they give them, and then making it into something, you know, creating this sort of alchemy, yeah. this, this little, this chemistry that happens between two pe- two or more people. So if you become a better listener, all of the other stuff will just, will, will really improve just exponentially, whether it's in your life, personal life, whether it's in your business life, whether it is if you want to do podcasts or want to be an yeah. influencer in any way, you've got to make sure you listen to people. I completely, completely agree with you. And, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I agree. If you go talk to someone, if you're a reporter, journalist, even a podcaster, if you know, if you become interested, I, I want to find out about that person. Who is he? What does he yeah. do? Let me look at his social media. For sure, you're going to be able to create a much more interesting, richer conversation. And I don't know if it has happened to me. It happens to me all the time in my life. Like when somebody asks to interview me or even brands, like they approach me. Oh, we want to work with you. We want to. And then I'm like, I realize two minutes into the conversation, they know nothing about me. They didn't bother like opening my Instagram. It's all there. You know, you can find yeah. out like in under five minutes. And and many times I, I actually ask back like, you don't, you didn't bother. You want to work with me. You want to talk to me, but you don't know what I do. And it happens right. to me all the time. I don't know if that ever happened to you. No, it happens all the time, especially with PR people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PR people are... They're so overwhelmed. Uh, I, my biggest joke about PR people is their job one is not to get fired. The rest is the rest is easy. Which, just, by the way, I think it's a horrible excuse. To be honest with you, I agree because I work with a ton of PR agencies. I have PR friends, but like zero excuse. We are all crazy busy. We're all overwhelmed yeah. with work. It's like you said, if you're going to interview someone, if you're going to represent someone, I mean, do your homework for 10 freaking minutes. Like, yeah, but you know what, okay, you know you what know? PR people are? PR <laughs> people are like the person on Tinder that swipes right on everybody. They basically want to put out as many oh, well, swipe rights on know, their life I and know, see what comes back. So I, they're not even looking or yeah, reading profiles. I know. They're just sending it out. Honestly, I think it back, backfires. It's like you said, lack of attention at the end of the day. Yeah, maybe it's going to take you so far, but it's not going to make a great career out of it. And when you started talking about that, and, and that's one part of your book that I loved, you wrote... Check your ego at your mouth. And then I was like, okay, I got to pay attention to this because it's like, what does he mean? And then you said what you just said before. We're talking, 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 or you're listening, 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 but you're not really paying attention. And then I was like, yes, most people are listening to you, but they are already thinking about their reaction. Right. That's usually when couples fight. Like if I'm dating you and I say, oh, but you know, your lack of attention and I want to have more sex, la, la. you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're already thinking like, this is not what I want. This girl wants too much. You're already defending yourself in your head. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, especially with relationships is, I think, and this is sort of like, the, the, you know, circling back to our technology piece, Kat, where 
I, we sort of get stuck in a rut and we don't uh, use the skills that we have. They kind of go dormant. And so how technology sort of numbs us to becoming better at communicating when you're in a relationship, especially a longer term relationship, you get in this rut where you don't even feel like you have to listen. You're just like <laughs> yeah. waiting for them to like re- repeat themselves. We're like, oh, okay, let me wake up and I'll listen kind of thing. So it, it, anything we do in life, Kat, the more we do it, the better we're going to get at it. So when it comes to relationships and communicating with your partner, the better you are at listening and being attentive to them, that will work out better in the long run. I mean, again, we're all going to have days where we're not going to be able to listen or feel good. I get that. I'm just talking about a general sense of purpose and being that I think the big thing, and I, I might write a book about this, but I do, do mention it in, in my uh, current book, is about the fact of curiosity. We've seemed to have lost the curiosity in other people. Like mm-hmm. we don't care yeah. about what other people think anymore. I agree. And it's obviously, it's obviously become much bigger now with the polarization yeah. in politics in this country where all we want to do is listen to what people in our sort of sphere or silo are saying, yes. but don't care what other people are saying. So if we were more curious about what other people are saying or doing, we would be a better place. Uh, I've got a perfect example of this. So I moved to Charleston, South Carolina a couple of years ago. And one of the things that I noticed was I'm one of the few liberals down here. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> I'm your card carrying New York liberal in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> But there's also the extreme of the uh, right-hand part of the party, and that is uh, the QAnon folks, the people who believe in conspiracy theories. Yeah. Now, as a card-carrying liberal, as I mentioned, when I were to, when I would see something like that about QAnon, I'd be like, "Oh, look at these people! What's wrong with them?" So as I moved down here, um, I noticed that one of my neighbors was driving around this big, giant red truck that was emblazoned with the QAnon acronym across the top of it. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is like, ugh, what's up with this guy? What's wrong with him? And then part of me, the other part of me was like, well, what's he like? Like, I don't know what he's like. I just see the, the outside. I see the, the, the big red truck that makes a lot of noise. But what, what, what is he really like? So one day we just happen to be sitting by the pool in our complex and we have like a delightful conversation. We're talking about wives and barbecue and the stupidest thing that guys talk about when they're sitting around drinking a beer by a pool. Nothing about QAnon, nothing about, you know, Democrats eating babies or conspiracy (laughs) theories. It was just about two people having a conversation about life. There you go. And one of the things people don't do is they don't care about what different people do. I agree. And And if we do that more, we will be in such a much better place. After that conversation, I was like, all right, well, that guy believes in stuff. I don't believe him. But you know what? He's a nice person. But yeah, he treated me well. Yeah, you can still be cordial. You can still be friends yeah. and you can still agree to disagree. But it's the famous problem. And I want to talk to you about this for a little bit of assumptions. Mm. And I think it has to do with what you wrote, like check your ego in your mouth, because when you're having conversations with someone, I'm going to bring it back a little bit to the dating and relationships because that's my crowd. Every day I get messages from people and it has happened to me. Like you're talking to someone, like you said, sometimes you're in a relationship for a long time and you decide, oh, I don't have to listen to my part. But many times you start dating someone for a little while. So you don't know them that well. And then you think you're communicating well, you're talking to each other and everything. But one of the two is making assumptions in their head. Like you gave an example about your neighbor. You saw the stickers in your car. A lot of people have said, oh, I'm sure he's an asshole. Fuck him. And it happens a lot in people's minds. Instead of spitting it out and talking, they make assumptions in their head about you. Is there any way to... And I and I get asked that question like all the time from my list. But how do like how do we communicate enough that that person actually understands who I am and what I am thinking instead of assuming they know? Yeah, I mean uh, David Foster Wallace, the the great late great writer, he gave this speech at a college many many years ago, and it's it's gone down as one of the great commencement speeches of all time. And I even quote it in the book is about the importance of self awareness. Uh, we're really terrible at self-awareness. Like, well, 
you know, we've all been to the beach where it's, it's completely empty. And then all of a sudden a family saddles up two feet away from your chair. And instead of just moving over and, and giving you space, we're, we're to, so terribly self-aware. And in his speech, uh, David Foster Wallace says, you know, when you see someone driving around this big truck, you might think, oh, God, what is this guy doing? He is he is he doesn't he doesn't he care about the environment? Doesn't he know that's a gas guzzler? But what, what you don't think is, why is he driving that truck? Maybe he's driving that truck because years ago they got into a bad car accident. And now all of a sudden they feel safer in a big truck, so, which is just a great example of, and it sort of ties into the example of my neighbor as well, of just not understanding, you know, it's, it's the whole thing is you put yourself in other people's shoes. I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I think it's like everyone's different. So there's no way to put, I, I could never put myself in your shoes or anyone else. I try to I do that do a is, lot in terms of feelings. I don't know. It works for me. Like the way I behave yeah, with yeah, other I mean, people. I, you I, know? I, I, I agree. I think it works, Kat, <laughs> but I think the one thing is like, you don't want to assume like, oh, I understand what, what uh, a black or brown person right, feels. Right. Like, you no, can't yeah, that. that's There's impossible. There's no way you can do that. I agree. But you can yeah. be sympathetic and yeah. be understanding of that person. Yes. Um, so I, I think the idea of just being more self-aware of being like, hey, these, uh, this, these other people are going to be different from me. They're going to think differently from me. And that's okay. It's totally fine. You're never going to be able to assume a person's identity or what they feel in life or how they act towards other people until you get to meet those people. So in terms of assumptions, I think self-awareness plays a big part. Just being aware of the fact that, hey, listen, the fact that this person lives or walks around in a certain skin or a certain yeah. way of dress doesn't mean that doesn't define a person. That's not who they are. To no, some people, totally. the yeah. way they dress and stuff is a big part of what they're, how they define themselves. I think most people, it's like, hey, just because you wear a flannel shirt and boots doesn't mean that you didn't go to a college or, you know, or if, if you're wearing a suit doesn't mean that you're like the smartest person in the world. These assumptions that we make are, are not good for anybody. You know, we oh all have God. them, but we have I to know. be better at, at getting yes. around it. It's a horrible idea. I know people that broke up because one person assumed something about the other and it wasn't true. What I say is open your mouth and ask. Like when in doubt... A talk that it goes all the way back to communicating. And I really, really believe in my heart. Most people, not that they're bad communicators. I don't know if they're lazy, but most people don't know how to communicate. They like even couples, like if you want more sex and I want less sex, many times it's a matter of asking your partner or if you need space, you know, sometimes couples feel like a little overwhelmed, too glued together. And then they end up like blowing up and breaking up. It, many, many times it's just a matter of looking at each other and saying, hi, maybe you don't like what I'm going to say, but I need a little more space. Can we please take a break for a few days? And a lot of people, as crazy as it is, they're afraid of, of saying what they want to say. We live in a society, and I don't know if you disagree with me, please go for it, but I think we live in a society, a lot of people here, most of us are raised to, you know, be quiet, think before you speak, you know, don't be controversial, listen to what you're going to say, la, la, la. and now, of course, with social media, everything blows up. I think people are think overthinking too much as opposed to expressing themselves more at least that's my view from doing the podcast i don't know if you agree or not no i totally agree i actually write about in the book about people getting out of their own heads and overthinking things um we we sometimes forget to make things simple we make things more complicated yeah and to your point about relationships cat i think this could be just like a societal change like we've been talking about that i think it's now too easy to break up a relationship, yeah. to, to get out of a relationship. It's just yeah. too easy because yeah. in the olden times, you basically, your dating pool was the people in your town. You know, it was, you know, if you lived in a small town, it was maybe, you probably had a, a couple dozen suitors. In a bigger town, you had hundreds. Yeah. And now that dating pool is international. Totally. Like you can yeah. literally date anyone on the planet. Yeah. So now people are like, okay. This is, you know, yeah. it's not working out with you too. It's yeah. cool. I'll there is no accountability. That's the yeah. sad part. Yes, I think the dating apps and, and the situation nowadays, the good news is, yes, maybe you meet somebody that you never would otherwise meet. Yeah. And if you, it works out fantastic. But like you said, the bad news is if you decide you want to change your mind, 
in the past, I don't think our parents ever would have thought, or even us, like, I don't know how old you are, but 20 years ago when I was in college, if I wanted to break up with a boyfriend or something, you would literally look at the person in the face and say, sorry, la, 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 la. I would never think of calling someone and say, you know, by the way, I changed my mind. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, and, and some people do it even worse. Some people ghost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's really bad. I, I think, you know, talk, <laughs> you know, we talk about the way people break up and everything. Like, I will say, if you're in a bad relationship and you're not treated well, yes, please end that relationship. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm yeah, just saying, of course. It's just, it's just so easy now to find a thing like, oh, I don't like the way that person yeah. eats their food. I, I don't know. like the way that person, you know, does this or that. And it's, it's like, listen, you, we've got to give each other more grace. And again, totally. Don't yeah. stay in a relationship where you're not happy in, but sometimes yeah. we need to each give, give each other more of a break. Every One once million in a while. percent. I, I've been talking about it on the podcast the past few weeks. Uh, we about this how we became a culture of fast food dating. Like you just said, somebody did something, maybe everything is going great. Somebody does something you don't like, you're like, next, because you're ordering people like pizza on these dating apps. Yeah, there is absolutely. no accountability. I think a lot of people are losing the, the sensibility, the sensitivity. They're losing emotions because you don't even feel bad dumping someone over the phone or over a message. I have girlfriends. Two days ago, one of my friends, she was with the fiance. The fiance went on a busy... Fiance! They're engaged to get married. He sent her a text message breaking up the engagement. Wow. 48 hours. Like, I felt bad because my boyfriend broke up with me on a three-minute phone call. I thought it was pretty fucking lame because I thought everything was going great. I thought he yeah. was a coward. He should have, you know, but that's a whole other story. But I'm thinking, if you're engaged... You're like spending time with the person and you don't have the balls to look at the person in the eyes or make a phone. Like you send a text and you say, sorry, I changed my mind. La, la. Like seriously, you, you're totally not thinking about the other person's feelings at all. Yeah, it is funny. I always found, I, I mean, I've been, a long, I've been with my wife for a long time, but I do find it funny. How long, people, by the way? Uh, 26. Five years? Wow, that's yeah. that's so we, we, rare and fantastic. Yeah, I think it might be a, a little longer, but I, <laughs> my math, I'm not very good at math. Um, maybe you guys the, can write a book about how to, yeah, to make a relationship uh, lessons. <laughs> I, I, what I find funny, though, when people break up, how, and, you know, to tie it into technology a little bit is the fact that, you know, they'll... They'll scream from the rooftops this love they feel for their partner. And like every Instagram post yeah. is about them doing this one thing. And then the second they break up, they erase all yes. that from the Instagram They delete their life. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, um, and to me, I find it funny. It's like, how can you go from being with a person 20 or 7 and then all of a sudden be like, okay, now that it's over, I never want to remember that time. Like, I know. I mean, I mean, unless something bad, again, if, okay, something yeah, bad happens, yeah. that's fine. But if it's like you just break up, like what's the point of that? Like you can't erase the life that you had with this person. It's, totally it's, it's not. It's very bizarre that that people can just have this I agree. Light switch my my suggestion on my case, everybody knows, and you look at my Instagram, it's all business, business. I never post anything about my personal life. Because of that, I'm like, okay, if I am in a relationship like this case, everything was going great, great, great in my mind, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I have these 10 million pictures and videos with the person and he met all my friends, my clients, but I'm like, thank God I didn't post <laughs> because now I would be feeling even worse than I did before. If like, instead of all my close circle of friends, like 200,000 people out there saw, you know, everything. For, although there's like 70,000 people that listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> that send me messages. But I just think at the end of the day, it should be common courtesy the way you communicate with people. Period. Yeah. Be yeah. respectful regardless of where, whether you met them on a dating app, a business event. Like you said, if it doesn't work out, if you change your mind, I think you shouldn't use technology as an excuse to just not communicate properly. No, absolutely. I'm a big proponent of the golden rule. I'm not a very religious person, but the golden rule is very important to me. It's, it's treat others as you want to be treated. Always. Um, yes. And if we have that sort of mentality, yes. whether it is in a relationship or just in life in general, yes. man, your life, your life will be a lot oh easier. Oh my God. I know 1 million percent. I, I say that every single day. Even people that, that treat me badly, 
I still treat them with kindness because I think that's how I always want to be treated. Yeah, you're one million percent sure. We're going to take a two-minute break. I can't believe half an hour already went by. And I want to talk about a few more super interesting things that I, I saw on your book that I think people would love to know about. We'll be right back. This is Joe Pardavilla. Pardavilla. Did I pronounce it right? Pardavilla. 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 We'll be right back. <laughs> If you guys are in the LA area, please make sure you go to Better Than Sex. It's a dessert and drinks restaurant only. They make the most sexy desserts I've ever seen in my life. It's fabulous for date night. One million percent, it will set you in the mood. But you know what? Even if you're single right now like I am, it's a great spot to hang out with your girlfriends and put you in the mood for romance, for dating, for flirting, for a night out on the town. It's fabulous. I'm in love with this place. I've been there so many times. I highly recommend it. Better Than Sex. It's on 7166 Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles, the heart of West Hollywood. If you guys go to my Instagram, you can see a bunch of uh, pictures of the sexy drinks and desserts and their Instagram, Better Than Sex LA. I've been doing this podcast for almost three years now, and there is a sports brand. They've been supporting me from the very beginning. I love working with them. It's an up-and-coming brand, Edge Sports. They produce patented technology products for athletes. Check out their Amazon Prime store, their best sellers on Amazon. Super cool wristbands, playmakers, arm sleeves for basketball players, to work out, super cool compression t-shirts, adorable backpacks that you can take to the gym, you can take hiking for everyday life. Really, really cool, nice stuff. Their Instagram is where the edge, edge sports. Check it out. Some really great gift ideas. With the holiday coming, I'm sure a lot of you guys are like me and you have to buy gifts for friends and family, but you're on a budget. So this is my suggestion. Support a small business and shop girlyalamode.com, girlyalamode.shopping. It's a brand for every girl in the world to look great and feel great. Everybody is beautiful. They have super cool basic pieces like cute t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, organic reusable bags, and a collab with Adidas for a fabulous duffel bag that you can take to the gym road trips, everyday life, really, really fun gifts for him and for for her. They have these beanies that I'm in love with from the Love Collection. Check it out, girlyalamode.shopping and girlyalamode.com. We talk a lot about podcasting podcasts on this episode. And if you guys are like me and love sports, Go listen to Ira on sports. It's one of the fastest growing sports podcasts in the country by Ira Kaufman. He's a walking encyclopedia of sports knowledge. It's super, super cool. He covers everything in the world of sports, football, basketball, tennis, college football, uh, baseball, you name it. He's there. He literally travels the country covering sports. It's really, really cool. New episodes every Monday's on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. His Instagram is Ira on Sports, and he puts a ton of really, really cool content. If you love the world of sports, always fabulous videos, live stuff, great interviews, beautiful photos, Ira on Sports. <laughs> okay, we're back with this super interesting, intelligent guy, Joe Pardavilla. And I have so many questions about your book. I'm going to try to squeeze in as many as I possibly can. Um, at one point, you talk about creating magical moments in conversation. Now, my listeners know I use that word magical a lot. I just like magical moments, magical conversations, magical, magical, magical. Now, I think it's hard to plan. I'm not sure if it's something we can actually plan and say, oh, yeah, today I'm going to have a magical day. I'm going to have a magical conversation. So can you give me your take on it? And for those of, of people that are listening out there that haven't read your book yet. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't plan, but you can prepare for a magic moment. And what I mean by that is you can be aware of who you're going to be speaking to, whether it's on a podcast, job interview, a professional or private setting. 
the more you know about that person going in, you can create magic moments. And it happens all the time if you really just are just focused on being prepared for that moment. Because I think the one thing that we, we talked about the technology piece in the first part of our uh, discussion. Yeah. The more we can disconnect from all of the other sort of extraneous sort of distractions that we have, that's how we can create magic moments because we're prepared and we're, at, we're, we're living the moment. We're not worried about anything else. That's how those magic moments happen. So having a little nugget of a little background on one person where you feel like, oh, I found this one little thing that I can bring up in a conversation. That will open up all sorts of different things. You see this trick, by the way, but I, television shows all over the, the planet do this. So what they usually do is, and this is, it's almost become like, um, it, it's, it's become almost like old hat. So it's the, the, the shock value and sort of entertainment value is kind of fade a little bit, but you'll see this in every TV interview. They will have a celebrity on who's been maybe famous for their, like the entirety of their lives. And they'll find a TV commercial they did when they were six years old. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you have this flush of excitement from the person. Like, oh my God. First of all, they went back and found this thing. And second of all, look how stupid I look when I was six years old. <laughs> so it creates a sort of moment for the, for the guests where they're like, oh my God, yeah. I can't believe you did that. But also, my God, this brings back so many memories. <laughs> so you can do that. And again, that's for a TV show. But just having, like, like I said, finding a little factoid, finding a little story about someone in the past that can create a magic moment in your life, no matter what you're doing. So true. Preparation is key. We talked about that already. And in your book, you tell a super cute story that I would love to share here. Not because we want to just like celebrity name drop, but I, I think that it's a very inspiring story. It's very adorable. It's all about taking chances. And I always say that life is short. Life is short. Open your mouth and go for it. And this is a perfect example. It's something that happened with you and Jennifer Ann. Aniston. I have had the pleasure of meeting her in person. I've worked on a set where she was uh, doing a movie. And yes, she is one of the biggest stars on the planet, but she's very down to earth and she's very thoughtful and honestly, genuinely very sweet. So can you share? Yeah, absolutely. And this sort of ties into something we talked about earlier and being fearless. Yeah. So uh, early in my career, I fearless. was uh, working for a radio show in New York City and it was called Scott and Todd in the Morning. And I was sort of like their copy reporter i would go out and cover events and stuff like that and one day we got a phone call from a listener saying hey jennifer aniston is filming her brand new movie right across the street from your studios so the guys from the show scott and todd said hey why don't you go down there and interview jennifer aniston i'm like yeah right i'm gonna interview jennifer aniston this was like peak jennifer aniston like you think jennifer aniston's big now this was like <laughs> friends number one show in america the cast is on the cover Rolling Stones. Everyone has like the Jennifer Aniston, Rachel haircut. And she was just huge. So the, the, the thought of me even getting an interview was like nothing. It was just like, there's no way I'm ever going to get this interview. Uh -huh. So we head downstairs and, uh, and there's a, just a, you know, one of those really nondescript sort of almost look like a construction trailer. <laughs> like you wouldn't even think it was like a Hollywood star trailer. It wasn't like, uh -huh. it wasn't like a, a, a Airstream or anything like that. So get down there and there's no one around. This was like early in the morning and there was essentially one large human being about six, five, over 300 pounds, a very, very large bodyguard sitting in front of the, the trailer. So I waited till he kind of like strolled away and I made a beeline right to the door of the, uh, of the trailer. Uh -huh. And as I'm about to get closer, the security guard goes, where the hell do you think you're going? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to Jennifer Aniston. And he goes, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I work for a radio station, WPLJ. It's fine. I'll be fine. I go, no, you're not. So I was like, all right. So I walk away. I call up to the studio. I say, hey, listen, Jennifer Aniston's security guard doesn't want me anywhere near her. I don't know if this is going to happen. So the guy's like, oh, why don't you give it another shot? I'm like, all right, sure. I was young, dumb, and, you know. Filling I'm line. not sure and about the dumb part, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I go over again to the trailer and uh, the guy walked away and I was like, all right, cool. Here's my chance. So I get a little closer and then he turns around and realizes this, it, this little white idiot is going to try to do this again. <laughs> I get over to the door. He goes, where do you think you're doing? Didn't I tell you, you can't get anywhere near this freaking trailer. And I was like, listen, I'm, I'm with PLJ. It's no big deal. We just want to do a quick little few, few minute interview with Jennifer Aniston. And I'm like, and he's like, no, you are not. 
Meanwhile, Jennifer Aniston has heard all this rumbling going on outside, me with my little squeaky voice trying to convince the bodyguard that I can interview her. And she pokes her head out of the trailer. And it was kind of weird because, like, at that point, I'd only seen Jennifer Aniston on, on TV in a magazine. So it's always weird, like, you you get, like, sort of shell shock when you see, like, a celebrity right? and you're not expecting it. <laughs> so it was like, I was like, oh. And she's like, what's going on out there? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm from WPLJ Radio. I just want to interview you for Scott and Todd in the morning. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got to be on the set in a little while. I don't think I can do any interviews right now. So maybe some other time. So I go back up to the studio, tail between my legs, and uh, we go on with the show. And then all of a sudden, our receptionist rings the studio, and she says, Hey, listen, um, there's a Jennifer Aniston on the phone. Hey, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, yeah, hey, Jennifer Aniston. I'm not sure who this is. Uh, and she said that you had your reporter down there, and, and, and he got scared off by our security guard. He, she'd like to apologize for, for all this going down and you know, wants to make, make, make amends. So we're like, and she's, oh, and the receptionist goes, would you like me to transfer the call? And we're like, yeah, yes, transfer that call, yes. Uh, so, we, uh, so we take the call, and Jennifer Aniston proceeds to just beat this delightful person she apologized for the whole uh hullabaloo uh we talk about her you know new movie career we talk about friends we talk about her dad who just coincidentally just passed away yeah a two days, days ago he was, ago. Soap star. He was yeah. a huge uh yeah tv star i, I loved big his soap work star in yeah. the 70s and 80s yeah. and um just had this wonderful conversation and it was all because uh i was fearless enough to try to you know risk my life and again yeah. i don't advise anyone to risk my life but i use it more of a as a point to yeah hey listen it's okay to take a few swings yes. and take a few risks yes that's how good things usually happen one million percent i always say that i think life is crazy short and many times we just don't a lot of people are planners they always think about the future we don't know if the future is going to be there so i'm like i always say go for it go for it i am so used to getting no's 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 i'm constantly trying to get certain celebrities people as guests and they usually want to go to the most famous podcasts yeah so i don't care if i get like a hundred no's 200 no's just try it and you never know maybe you get like this amazing story that happened to you and some very special magical moment that you're never gonna forget for the rest of your life right yeah and absolutely and another magic moment actually happened because of jennifer Aniston as well because uh, a couple of years later, we had John Mayer at, at one of our uh, Christmas shows that we used to do for a children's hospital in Westchester, New York. And he showed up in the morning. And, he was, and John Mayer, even though his biggest star is, he's always like the most unassuming dude. Like he will show up to a gig with like a, like a friend who's I like a roadie and carrying around his guitar. <laughs> and so he came in and he, he sat on this little stage that we had for him in front of the kids. And I, I usually, when the guests come on to perform, I usually stand up there with them and warm them up and get them ready and so and all of a sudden he takes out this little piece of paper with handwritten lyrics to all i want for christmas is you the mariah carey song and i and, and i was like it doesn't look like a guy's handwriting like, it was like really neat not, you know not that there's a way guys write or girls write but it just didn't look like something he would write and so he said oh yeah no no um my girlfriend and i stayed up last night because i wanted to do a christmas song but i just didn't know any off the top of my head so she transcribed <laughs> the lyrics to all I want for christmas oh, is you off God. the radio and it was her and, yeah, and it turns out that it was Jennifer Aniston at the time. His girlfriend, he said. My girlfriend did this last night. Um, and so because I was curious, because I was 100% engaged in the moment, I was like, well, that's really cool. Do you mind if we auction that off? And he goes, yeah, as soon as I'm done, because I need the lyrics to sing. But once I'm done, we can auction off. So we ended up auctioning off and got $5,000 for the, for the oh, children's hospital. It was all because of the fact that I was totally living in the moment, totally aware, totally focused, paying attention to all my surroundings and be like, hey, listen, there's something there there. And a lot of times we don't trust our gut. And yeah. we really should. Again, tying up to fearless, yeah. your gut. All these things that don't have, uh, there's, they're more intangible than tangible skills that you have that uh, that it just create another magic moment. And it was all just because I was paying attention. Yes, one million percent. And I think many times people are just afraid. They're so afraid of rejection. I think mm. most of us, we're so afraid of hearing like, no, leave me alone, I'm famous. Yeah. That you stop on your tracks and you think too much before you speak. I'm kind of like the opposite. I think if you have nothing, like if you don't have an answer, you have nothing to lose, basically. Ask. And sometimes, yes, of course, people are going to say no, but sometimes something fantastic happens as the stories you just told, Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've, coming from the world of radio, you know, I, I was, my boss always said, the worst thing someone can tell you is no. I mean, there's really not, I mean, 
nothing. It's, yeah. it, no will not kill you. No exactly. will not do You already have the no, right? You already yeah, have the no. You got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And some celebrities are really sweet about, mm -hmm. about helping. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Now, before we run out of time, because there's so many things in the book, and the, you do talk a lot about podcasting, and you do do a lot of consulting mm -hmm. about podcasting. I want to talk a little bit about that. Now there are millions of podcasts out there. I think Apple Podcasts alone is more than 2 million. I'm not even sure. But there are millions out yeah. there. It's a blooming industry. It's growing a lot. I think it's fabulous because I've been doing mine for almost three years. I really enjoy doing it. I think it's a great project. But what I want to ask you is, and if you disagree with me, it's totally fine. I try to listen to as many as I possibly can to educate myself and, and to find out what else is out there. And I know my style is very different from most people, but... Many, many times I start listening to a podcast and I get really, really bored after like two, three minutes. No offense to anyone, but it's hard to keep someone's attention for like a whole hour. So do you have any um, tips or ideas if someone out there is listening to us? Maybe they're already a podcaster. Maybe they want to start a podcast. Is there something magical <laughs> that makes it for a great host? Well, first of all, on your initial point, I will push back slightly because yeah. I, I, I hear this a lot about there's too many podcasts in the world. And I feel people only say that just because of its low barrier of entry and a lot of people are trying it. I mean, it's yeah. very easy. You, you, know, you know, an iPhone and a, and a laptop, you're, you could do it and you could interview basically anyone on the planet. But no one's ever said, hey, are there there's too many songs out there. There's too many movies. There's too many TV shows. No one ever says that because there are. And, and with podcasting, it's the same. It's just another medium where there's just a lot of content out there. And like anything, most, a lot of songs, they're not good. A lot of movies, they're great, but some are bad. So there's going to be some great podcasts and there's going to be some not so great podcasts. And the ones that you see on the iTunes chart every day, they're usually the same people because they've, they're the best at, the, at what they are. It's just like, you know, every year the Yankees in baseball are always going to be good because they yeah. have built this. And in podcasting, it's the same. All these great podcasters are can continue to do well, but it doesn't mean that a team, well, you know, for example, like the, the Houston Astros or, or a, you know, name whatever sports team that's, that you don't expect to win a title, they win. <laughs> so you can win in podcasting, but you just have to go and do it. Yeah. And as long as you love doing it, I mean, that's my rule number one when talking to people. Don't do it just because everyone else is doing it. Don't do it because you think it fits your brand. Don't do it because someone said, hey, you could be a podcaster. Do it because you love it. If you don't love it, what's the point? Yeah. And then if you love it, who knows? Maybe something does come of it. I agree. And I, I think, at least in my experience, the audience feels if you have passion for it or not. If you're really enjoying your, the conversation, because conversations flow if you're having fun with your guests, right? Yeah. And I think... In my case, my audience notices that they always sending me like, oh, I like the, the feedback is usually positive. Of course, there's a lot of people that, that don't like it, but it comes with the territory. But yeah. usually people say, no, it's very organic. It's very honest. It's very upfront. I talk a lot about my life. That's probably why I'm still single because a lot of men are very intimidated. The first question they ask me, they're like, are you going to talk about me on your podcast? <laughs> you're like the Taylor Swift of podcasting. Everyone's afraid that Taylor Oh my God, I never thought. Well, but right you know the answer. If you're a good person, you shouldn't be afraid because I'm going to mm -hmm. say great things about you. If you're an asshole, if you're a player, you're probably going to become a really good star. So only like the, the people with bad intentions feel bad about it, right? I like yeah, that. Absolutely. I'm going to start marketing myself as the Taylor Swift of the podcast. Maybe I'll become more famous faster. Thank you, Joe. It can't <laughs> hurt, yeah. Uh, there's actually a funny, there's a Taylor Swift story in my book. And yeah. this is actually kind of, this, it kind of, kind of dovetails on what we're talking about. So a few years ago, Taylor Swift was coming into our studio. And as you might notice, a lot of radio station nowadays, they, they want content as well, even though they're an audio medium, they want video content as well. Yeah. So a lot of radio stations started video recording uh, their interviews with celebrities and posting on their social media, YouTube mm -hmm. and the like. So for some reason, uh, they came in with one rule. You can video record the interview with Taylor Swift, but you can only video record the first five minutes. Okay. And I'm like, so you mean like we could post only five minutes, the best five minutes? That's cool. They're like, no, 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 no. You could only record the first five minutes and then you have to stop. Oh. 
and you may be asking yourself why why they do yeah, why why I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> I think it's just I think it's just because she's Taylor Swift and can do whatever she wants. Um, but <laughs> so to me, as as a radio broadcast, I was like. What the, what the, why? Is this all, why, why am I doing this? The this first bullshit. five minutes is going to be like, you know, camera ready or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as you know, like in any kind of interview, the first five minutes are usually shit because person's getting Yeah, you're warming, yeah you're warming up. Yeah, you're warming up. Nothing yeah. ever good happens in the first True, true. So this really annoyed me. <laughs> so the morning of, she comes in with her team and my, the, I'm standing uh, about, about eight, eight feet away from her and the videographer is standing next to me so she he can get a clear shot. Taylor Swift on the video camera. The publicist walks in behind Taylor Swift, does a beeline right to the videographer, taps him on the shoulder, says, "Hey, just uh, just a just a heads up, just so you know, um, when we hit the five minute mark, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder. You put the video camera down." So I couldn't let this go because I I have <laughs> trouble letting things go. Um, so I go to the publicist. I'm like, "Oh, just a quick question about that." Um, if we get to the five minute mark and we have a follow up question, can we keep recording during that follow up question? Like, oh yeah, I guess so. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm like, cool. And and I couldn't let let, let it alone. But what if we have a follow up question to that first follow up question? Will we be able to keep recording? And the publicist starts to become all befuddled. Like, yeah, I, I guess so. And then of course, me again, not letting anything go. Say. And what if we have a follow-up question to the follow-up question that follows up that follow-up question? No Will we still be able to record? <laughs> At this point, the publicist is like, her head spinning, eyes are going all glassy, <laughs> not knowing how to answer. She's babbling. And if clear across the room, Taylor Swift goes, well, somebody woke up feeling saucy this morning. Really? And the room went <laughs> silent. Like, I didn't even know she was paying attention. She was on the other side of the room talking to the other people on our show, talking to her people. And I was like, oh boy. And so we start the interview and during the entire conversation, Taylor Swift is staring at me with dagger eyes, expecting me to say something really? offensive uh, <laughs> over the line. Oh my God. And it created this space where she didn't feel comfortable answering questions. So she Re basically oh. gave the old, you know, generic answers to questions about songs and relationships and that recording is so music. funny and, and it was all because i put myself first you want to create an environment where the guest is like the people that come to your house and we all have this we have two sets of friends we have the set of friends who will ask us to go into your fridge to have a drink and then there's a second set of friends who will literally go into the fridge themselves and take your last beer. Yeah, yeah. You want to create that experience where you have the latter. Whenever you have a conversation with someone, you want them to feel so comfortable that they will go into your refrigerator yes. and drink your last beer. I didn't do that for Taylor Swift. Well, but but I mean, you didn't do that for her because they already came like with, you know, rules. In right. my case, it would be tough. And I tell my guests ahead of time because I tell them, I'm like, look, it's not edited. It's not at like whatever we say is what I'm going to drop because my podcast is like a lifestyle. I want to do it like real life, you know, like real life conversations that you can't like if you make a mistake, you got to keep moving on. And I know a lot of celebrities don't like that because they want to have complete control about their image, about their they say and everything. So I know it scares some people away. So you right, should. But you lay it on the table, though. That's yeah, I do. Pick. I lay on you the say, table. You're yes. Up yes. Up hey, this is how we do things. Yes. It's unedited. It's basically live to tape. Exactly. And, but in my situation with Taylor Swift, I didn't create that experience. I created an experience of like, oh shit, what's going to happen here because this guy's being a dick. Oh, so well. that's something you need. As long as you're completely transparent with yeah. people beforehand, make them feel comfortable. Yeah. That is going back to our magic moments. You're. I will never. I would never create. Be able to create a match moment with Taylor Swift in that conversation. Not that day. Yeah, that day threw her off. Up. Yeah, I think a lot everywhere. of people. Yeah, they're not used. To, like you said, they're not used to listening to something that they didn't plan. Especially mm -hmm. celebrities, they have these big teams. The team comes up front and they're like, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. They only have so many minutes and they love it. They feel powerful. La 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 la. So if you throw that off balance. It affects what because they they expect something canned and organized, right? And that that's yeah. what seems that that happened that day for but sure. That, that's life, though. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. Take out Taylor Swift for your cousin or your yeah. coworker. Like you, if you don't create a safe place, and I know that 
word gets kind of thrown around a lot, but but for lack of a better word, if you don't create that safe yeah. place, you're never going to be able to create these magic moments that we talk about. You're never going to be able to connect with someone on a, on a different level just because once those walls are up, there's no way sure. of tearing them down. Yeah, once the person uh, decides that they don't feel comfortable with you, they're going to hold back or they're going to feel uncomfortable. But I have to say, in the past, I have held back. Like at some one point or another, I had a guest that they just said something absurd that I didn't agree with or something stupid. And in order to not put them on the spot in the middle of the podcast, I decided to keep my mouth shut and I kind of regret it later on. What is your opinion on that as hosts? Like if there are other people there who are hosting the podcast or wanting to start, do you think it's fair game to ask anything like in the middle of the podcast or if you feel that you're going to make your guest uncomfortable, should just shut up? Well, I mean, I think this all goes back to what we've been discussing about creating these safe spaces, uh, being prepared, making the person feel welcome. If you do all that, that question that you may be afraid to ask maybe won't be that difficult a question because the person feels comfortable and safe. So in that situation, I'm not sure what you were going through leading up to that question, but maybe you had created this environment where the person was willing to talk about whatever. And whatever you threw their way, they would they, they were uncomfortable asking and answering. So again, it all goes back to all the work you do prior to that moment. So in your case, if you were prepared for the interview, we're having a great conversation, it was open flowing discussion, Asking that question probably wouldn't have been quote unquote offensive or edgy yeah. or surprising because that person would have felt prepared and safe in that moment. So yeah, it's okay to ask tough questions, but it's also incumbent to you to make sure that they're able and safely uh, feel like they're in a they're in a good spot where they're with a friend where like it's like you know how some friends you can say some things to another like you yeah. can, you give shit to one friend but you can't give shit to the other. You yeah. gotta in, in a very limited time create this sort of environment where you can give them shit, but <laughs> you it takes work getting there. It's and like you have to earn that. <laughs> and it's like that in real life too, right? It's like that for, yeah. for real life relationships. You have to earn that. In the beginning, like thread <laughs> with caution. Which yeah. leads me to the next question, which is, which is a little more on the personal side, because this podcast is about sex, dating, and relationships. You've been married for a long time, especially nowadays, like 24 years, 25 years, whatever. Yeah. That's a very long time being able to communicate well with the person. Any like little secrets or suggestions? I know you wrote in your book that it's about moderation. Can yes. you elaborate a little moderation or not on saying what you want to say? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in my radio station back in New York, there was a sign and it was just three words. It's a preparation, concentration and moderation. We've talked about the preparation piece, being prepared for the moment. Concentration. Again, being there getting out of your head, living, living for that time, not thinking about anything else. And then the moderation is being able to do, being you, you take those two first two pieces and then you just take your time getting to where you want to go. You, for example, like your tough question that you were regretful that you didn't ask. Well, if you were, if you had practiced moderation, you would have been able to ask that question at the right time because you got there. You weren't in a rush. You didn't decide to ask this crazy ass question. Question number two, the person felt safe. You could do later on in the conversation. You could do it. So moderation is a big key. So when it comes to relationships, those three words are pretty, pretty perfect for 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 having a relationship and having conversations with your with your with your uh, significant other. Preparation. Be prepared. You know, know how they're feeling that day. Know their know their uh, foibles. Know their know their attitude. Know their smile. Their body language. Be prepared for that. Concentration. Think of, be be there in the moment. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be watching TV. Be there. Oh yeah, totally. Pay attention. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. Take your time and and savor those moments you have with with your with your partner because a lot of the stuff we've been talking about that it's great for podcasting. It's great for having conversations with work, but a lot of these abilities and 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 things that you can become better at. They call them soft skills. I didn't even know what that term meant, but like these soft skills that we can get better at. Uh -huh. um, and I think those things apply to a romantic relationship are 
just as impactful as in a business or even a, a familiar relationship. Yeah, I think so too. And like you said, if you're in a long-term relationship, like in your case, many times you know just by the way the person moves or smiles or doesn't smile, you know their body language. And uh, But I think when you start dating someone, it's even more important to communicate yeah. clearly as opposed to make assumptions like, oh, let me guess what's inside her mind. Let me guess what, because that's where mistakes are made. It's so important to like look at the person's eyes, right? And ask questions or talk if you have any doubts about it. Yeah. And creating that safe space between the two of you where, you know, how sometimes couples will get in an argument where people say like, hey, how are you feeling? You're fine. Like, well, you're not fine. Well, if they don't feel comfortable telling you why they feel that certain way, you're going to have this friction point of like, yeah. I feel fine. Don't worry about it. So because maybe they just don't feel comfortable saying that, oh, I had this, I had a bad interaction at work. I just don't want something, you know, something you did. I just want to talk about it. So it's really just making sure that both of you are comfortable sharing ideas, sharing feelings. And, you know, that's it's sometimes work. You know, yeah. I, I, I you hate to use the word work, like you know, relationships are hard work, but it it. it, it you know, substitute for any word you want. It takes effort, yeah. takes, it takes time because it just doesn't happen. You can't have a great relationship just by doing nothing. Totally. That's, so yeah. when people fight back, I'm like, well, a relationship shouldn't be work. Well, should a relationship be nothing? Like no effort? Because that's not a relationship. I think it should be good work, fun work, kind of like building a house, right? It's something that you really want to have. So you put the yeah. app, like, like making money, like building a business, anything. It's, it should be fun because it's something you want to have. But I Absolutely. do agree. If you don't open your mouth and talk to the person and say what you want to say and what you feel, I think um, reading minds is a horrible idea. And that's where the problems begin. Don't try to read the person's mind. Yeah, but also you may not want to read the mind, but also be open to like, hey, if this person's in a bad mood, yeah, leave them alone for a while. Yeah, leave them alone for a yeah, while. Give yeah, give space. Let it be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So after so long, do you have any secrets like how you keep the sparks alive, how you keep the romance going? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's important <laughs> to be intentional, like we talked about, like the, the, the quote unquote work part of it and like making sure that you set time aside, having date nights, being... Um, respectful and and paying attention to what the person has to say um again we have a you know we started this conversation talking about technology distractions we're so distracted by so many different things yep but we can we can when it comes to relationships we need to tamp that down we need to keep that away because there's no way to have a good relationship if you're so easily distracted if you're if you have like that shiny key syndrome where you know if your partner walks in the room and they start talking you're like oh wait a minute there's something good on tv you know and all that's going to happen. We all we're all guilty of it. But the the less frequent you do that, and the more yeah. intentionality you have in caring relationship, that's how you keep a relationship strong and going. It's like the fact that you're both willing to put the effort and be intentional in whatever you do, setting time aside, listening to the other person, giving them space when they need it. All of that stuff is is the again the the alchemy, the chemistry that that goes into making a, a great relationship. Uh, intentional is key. Do you guys do maybe like date nights? Absolutely. Something yes. to keep the sparks flying. And it's just honestly, if you ever notice, like when you, whenever you have you set up a vacation, like you have like that date circle in your man, mind of like, oh my God, I just got to get through these next two weeks because my vacation's coming. That's how you can handle a relationship as well. Just be like, hey man, this, this next week's going to suck, work sucks, but hey, Friday night, we're going to have fun. We're going to do this. <laughs> so I think giving these sort of mile marker po posts that you can look forward to, I think is also great for a relationship because it's like, oh man, all we got to do is, man, we could be getting on each other's nerves all week, but like, hey, once we get to Friday, we're going to have fun. Yeah. So set up those little moments where you can have something to look forward to. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be just maybe just going out and getting a cup of coffee. It could be just going out for lunch or it could be having it going to a dinner and a show, doing something elaborate and, and expensive, but you don't have to. I love that. I think that's a great idea. I think every couple, regardless of how long you're together, you got to keep the romance. You got to keep making plans. And like the, that's the theme of this episode. Communicate. Don't let the cell phone and like the era of fast food dating and everything be in the middle of how you communicate with your partner. Because I think that's key for almost everything in life, right? The better communicator you are, the less problems you're going to have. Yeah, and it's almost like the, the, our podcast point. You're gonna you're gonna want to have to do it. You're gonna want yeah. to love. 
being in that. Yes. So if you don't yes. love this person, no matter what, you, all the intentionality doesn't mean anything. So, so it is, and, and then podcast, if you don't love doing that podcast, it's, it's not going to be good. It's the same work. as a relationship. If I you agree. don't love the person, love what you're doing, all the other stuff, you could, you could try your ass off. You could work your ass off. It's not going to happen unless you love the person. I think anything in life, if you do it with passion, you're going to see great results. That's my, my outlook in life. Even if you start dating someone, maybe you don't love them when you start dating them, but if you put passion and effort into it, chances are much bigger that it's going to work out than you just like half-ass do it. You know what I mean? It's like with podcasting or anything in life. If you're going to be a podcast, don't half-ass, just go for it. Make your audience yeah. or like you say, your community. I love that you say community. Make your community feel like you really want to be there for them. Put Absolutely. everything you have into it, right? It all starts with the passion. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it all starts with the passion. If you don't passion. have the yeah. passion for whatever we talk, like the, we could we could switch out passion for many other words, but like yeah. as we talked about when it comes to doing a podcast, when it comes to interactions with folks, if you're not passionate about being there at that moment, having this conversation, having the, doing this podcast, maintaining a relationship, if that's not there, the rest matters yeah. not people notice exactly the rest matters not this was so amazing i can't believe we're out of time thank you so much the book is super fun uh, i highly recommend it because it's a quick read and packed with information and interesting stories and they find it anywhere right amazon absolutely good. La, amazon la, 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 Barnes la, la, Noble, yeah. target walmart you just type in good listen yeah. and it's available on paperback Ebook and also audiobook, if that's your thing. And where do they find you if they want to reach out? Because I know you do consulting for podcasts, right? If they want to learn more about it. Absolutely. You could uh, hit me up on mostly LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, or just Google me, yeah. Joe Partavilla, and I'm pretty Googleable. You're very Googleable. Uh, you, you could find me if you want. Yeah. You're awesome, Joe Partavilla. And this was a super fun cat on the loose. Let's communicate more people, <laughs> right? Thank you. You're amazing. I really appreciate it. This was great. And I Thank hope you, to see you back soon. This was a great cat on the loose for you guys. Tuesday, have a wonderful week. Be safe out there and I'll be back very soon. Thank you so much, Joe. You're great.